Is it really surprising that the most powerful man in the world should be a figure of controversy? We, as a population on this planet, have been looking for a savior. We're talking about a being Alien. whose very existence they are not telling us the truth. challenges our own sense of priority in the universe. Human beings have a horrible track record of Tragedy. following people with great power. Power corrupts. And absolute power, power corrupts absolutely. Chaos. Maybe he's just a guy trying to do the right thing. know better now. People of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here he is, fingers tented, Derek McCaw. That was the most polite introduction I've had in weeks. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. We are podcasting on April 30th, 2015. It's Thursday night from the Brett Cave. And um, you may have noticed we're missing a voice. Nate Costa may be joining us later. He's uh, a busy guy. He is a busy guy, and we're always grateful for that as well. Uh, you know, he got to wave at Chris Pratt at Universal Studios. I, I heard he got a wave back, too. He got a wave back. Yeah. And uh, and a raccoon, so uh, a lot of a lot of ladies would have swooned over that. I think he swooned. He wouldn't Did be he honest about it, but I think he might have. Anyway, of course, the person bantering back is our podcast producer and stepping in as announcer until unless Nate comes in later. Rick Brett Snyder, thank you. All right. Uh, if you are listening to this, you're probably picking it up on iTunes, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. If you are, please subscribe. Please rate us. Please tell your friends. You can also do the same thing on the Stitcher app if you're listening to us there. Or you can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com, where you will also find Amazon links, perhaps, to items that you hear talked about on the podcast. We always try to throw up four or five specific items related to things we've talked about. But if if you're interested... I say also first, if you can't find it at your local brick-and-mortar store supporting your small business, then come back here and click on the Amazon link here or the Amazon box on the side, uh, anything, because we get a small kickback that way. And if you would also like to just support Fanboy Planet, you can use the PayPal link that is there. You know one of the best ways people can share it with their friends? If they go to the Fanboy Planet Facebook page. I appreciate and they find that. And yes. the, find the posting there. There is a share button on that, and it'll end up on your page. You will look so cool, and all your friends will be able to see. I would really appreciate that. If you are not already subscribed, thank you for reminding. If you have not already liked or subscribed to the Fanboy Planet Facebook page, please do. One, we want those likes because, you know, that's part of the stats they keep uh, when, we're, when we're trying to get cool stuff. 
to talk about and uh, also share any article uh, you'd like directly from there. We link everything onto that page as well and send that out. And you know how Facebook is. And stuff from other pages, yes. too. And you can tweet us at Fanboy Planet as well. So if you want to you, contact us on the Twitter, you can also, of course, email any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism to editor at fanboyplanet.com, which I will remind you of at the end of this podcast. But enough of me blabbering about we're, things we're that only on, matter to me. on Google Plus as Fanboy Planet. That is true. I kind of leave that one to you. I can only go through so many in a day. But, uh, yes, I know it's there. Occasionally I, I, I stop in and see that. There's a really nice picture of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man fighting Godzilla. Yes. So uh, I like that. I, in fact, just discovered this week, speaking of Ghostbusters, that uh, I did junior theater with Slimer. Really? From Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. So we uh, became uh, friends on Facebook this week, and then she sent a thing. Uh, she posted a thing about her IMDb page. So I, went, I looked and went, "Hey, she was Slimer." So in the uh, movie or the, it, com- uh, the in the movie cartoon series in the movie. She okay. was the she was the actress. I didn't know it was an actress either. And it's like I didn't know somebody I was actually really good friends with in high school, and uh, we'd been in Oliver together. What's her name? Uh, Ro- she's got a married name, and I can't remember what her married name is now. Is uh, well, Robin her her First actual her, her stage name? No, I can't remember what her stage name is. Oh, okay. You know, I, so it was, I, I apologize, because I just discovered this yesterday that it's like, oh, Robin was Slimer. And you, and you listeners, are the first people I get to talk to that care about that. Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen my kids yet to say, Dad did Oliver with Slimer, which... That really sounds weird. My life is pretty cool that I get to say a phrase like that, and it makes sense. <laughs> or, or at least it makes sense to <laughs> yeah, me. It makes sense to you. <laughs> Anyway, we got some comics news to talk about. We got some movie news to talk about because we're recording the night, well, the night that it opens, essentially, in America. All our friends are in line right now. This is actually true. No, they're not in line. They're already watching Avengers Age of Ultron. And uh, I'll be seeing it again tomorrow. I will talk as spoiler-free as possible tonight about it because I did see it on Monday night. But, um, But I'll be seeing it again tomorrow night, which is probably two nights ago by the time this podcast goes <laughs> up uh whatever uh you know so we do our best uh we got some comics news we got some tv news as well and a little bit of interesting game news though not a lot of details on it but i think something that's worth mentioning so let's start with the comic books because again not quite sure and i say this with all love and respect rick does an incredible job turning these podcasts around and editing and and making me sound as smooth and chocolatey voiced as I do, uh, because normally I kind of talk like this. Uh, but uh, a lost Bowery boy, he does it. <laughs> and the only two people that pay attention to this podcast that get that joke are at this table right now. Uh, <laughs> I bet Bill Bossert gets it too. Bill, Bill, right in. Okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, he does an incredible job turning around, but I don't know uh, if this will be edited and out in time for Free Comic Book Day. Uh, but so I just want to talk about. The event itself, fantastic event, but it has become so huge. I mean, if you remember the first Free Comic Book Day, which I think was uh, coinciding with the opening of Spider-Man, the first one. Yeah. And uh, and Joe Field from Flying Colors in uh, in, uh, Fairfield, uh, I think it is, uh, uh, up in the East Bay. Up in the East Bay. uh, Came up with this idea, great uh, outreach to the community idea, fantastic. And you see, you do see that now reflected in the, as we talked about the Eisners a couple weeks ago, last week, about the idea of the Spirit of Retailer Award and how um, being part of the community is really crucial to being a good 
comic book store. And so Joe really, really pioneered this. And it was like maybe like five or six publishers had books. Yeah, it was not and, much. And now there was facing, no line. It was kind of like they'd sitting, they were sitting on the counter. Well, you know? and yeah. And now uh, I know a lot of stores have turned these into like mini comic conventions. That's the same thing. Leading uh, cool reports already that people are li- – this is Thursday night and people are already lined up for this. I'm I'm wondering if that's what I should do tomorrow. Uh, you know, no, I, no, I'm not going to no. spend the night, um, but I am going to get some books. And I look over this, and of course, there's some great free comics coming out. Uh, Dark Horse is previewing their Fight Club Two, the sequel to the the book, uh, and I guess probably the film too. The film and the movie are pretty. Uh, the film and the book are pretty close. They are fairly close. There's some differences, yeah. good, especially in the ending. So we'll see. But it also includes the goon, the strain. This is not for family. No. Uh, this is going to be at the uh, uh, teens table. But Dark Circle from Archie Comics, um, which includes the uh, Hangman, the Shield, and the Fox, which, by the way, my son picked up I, the new issue of the Fox, the relaunch, and to, from the back seat gave me the thumbs up that it was one of the best books. He loves I, – I bought the trade paperback, Freak Magnet, and so he really loves the Fox, but Mark Wade and Dean Haspel. Um of course, there's oh, Boom Studios 10th anniversary, uh, Divergence, which is DC's. There are a lot of spoilers already out there about what's happening in Divergence, which is setting up everything post Convergence. Uh, Savage Dragon, Image Comics gets to fe- feature Eric Larson. I'm very, very yeah, pleased. Yeah, Savage to see Dragon's that. going through a, kind of a change in their legacy storyline. Well, isn't it always changing? That's what makes Savage yeah. Dragon yeah. so cool. No, but significantly, the focus. Cool. The, the I've forgotten the kid's name, but he's going to go off and be a cop. Yeah, yeah. Um, Secret Wars, of course. I have read the Secret Wars issue, and it also includes the Avengers Attack on Titan crossover that had previously only appeared in Japan. Um, it's interesting. I, I don't know how many other books reflected Secret Wars, but I read the Deadpool 250, and it really actually ended with the destruction of the Earth. So it's a very interesting, dark take on everything. It was funny in Deadpool, sort of in a weird way, yeah. like Wade says, what, they didn't solve this? <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> but uh, but that's what begins Secret Wars, is that the, for the kids of the Future Foundation are like, okay, they're arguing the morality, the children are arguing the morality of having to leave a lot of humanity behind. And I'm like, okay. I'm glad this is fiction. Yeah. Um, it's a little dark, but it's interesting. I did not get a chance to see the Doctor Who, but I'm looking forward to the free comic book day of Doctor Who. There's Pokemon. So many things for kids. Good Lord, there's so many things for kids. Um, Captain Canuck, has that been... That's been... Re- that's Canuck. Canuck. It's been coming for quite a while, too, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's actually leading the uh, regular book coming in. Yeah, okay. And uh, so Dark Horse... And they're also doing... They're, uh, Captain Canuck, uh, for people like me who love that back in like the 80s... Um, I had a couple issues. Uh, they're doing an omnibus of all the old stuff. Interesting, interesting. I do see here I, I was wrong. I love the art on that book. I want to say I was wrong. Dark Horse is giving away Avatar, The Last Airbender, as with uh, plants versus zombies. So I think that's one I'm picking up for my kid. Uh, and uh, DC for Kids has... Teen Titans Go and Scooby-Doo Team-Up, which I've been told by a lot of people, and I didn't ke- keep up with it, but I'm going to buy the trades, that the Scooby-Doo Team-Up is one of the best family-friendly books out there. 
with characters you know, but also acknowledging kind of super friends. Yeah. It's uh, the Flintstones. I think Wacky Races got in there. So kind of interesting stuff. Um, graphics, Scholastic's got then Cleopatra in Space, which I think I actually did read once. That's pretty good. Uh, stuff of Legend, The Phantom from Hermes Press, which reminds me, I think next week we'll probably include my uh, the interview with Dan uh, Dan Herman, the uh, publisher of Hermes Press, uh, talking about the Phantom very cool. specifically. So the free comics there. Uh, hmm, many things. Uh, Kadansha Comics has Attack on Titan. Probably no surprise there. Uh, Legendary Comics should be interesting to see what they're coming out with. It's just kind of a sampler. Marvel Comics has an Avengers. That's the first time we're going to see un- the, the all-new Avengers, uh, which includes Ms. Marvel and Nova. Right. I am really looking forward to this. Paper Cuts reviving Neil Gaiman's Lady Justice. You remember Techno Comics back in the 90s? So they've got the rights to all that material, so they're going to try to reintroduce that. And 2080, still hanging in there in oh, 2015. <laughs> it is awkward. Do you think they need to change that name? Um, I should also say uh, Valiant, just because I know um, I have been devouring Valiant trades since WonderCon. In fact, I realized they had given me, uh, when I said, you know, just here's my $50. What will it get me? And they gave me this big sampler of trade paperbacks um, that uh, they left out Bloodshot the first volume oh. because they put the, tr- the tr- um, crossover with Harbinger, which is going to be, you know, the culmination of their new deal with Sony for films. Right. So I went back and got the uh, the, the first, first volume, volume. Of, of, of Bloodshot. I have not dug into it yet because between WonderCon and Big Wow – I got a big stack of I, trades yeah, that uh, I got to read. I've been ca- I caught up on Lazarus this week. Fantastic, um, but anyway, uh, so look forward to there's a Valiant 25th anniversary special uh, free comic book day edition. I really want to say I like that about Valiant. I didn't realize that they are reprinting in hardcover omnibuses all the original stuff. Right. So um, if you if you're wondering what the fuss is about because they've been in the news a lot, this is the perfect chance to pick up and get a little taste. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily kid friendly. It's definitely, but it's definitely YA friendly stuff. Um, yeah, it's not kid friendly. I don't think. No, not know, at all. I don't think so. Uh, but I have found it really, really uh, great stuff, and I'm hoping and we can get Josh Dysart on very soon. One thing to remember that if you are re- getting this or you hear about this uh, long after May the second. Um, you can still go into the stores, and they often have some of the more popular titles for days after. That is true, the and I hope that. Event. And I hope that is true. So yes. some of the more obscure stuff goes out because they don't order as much of that. But the the core titles usually hang around for a week or two, or even years afterwards. Yes. I've just received a message. Nate Costa can join us. Ah, okay. Hang on. Can you hear me now? I yep. can hear you now. Nate. <laughs> Nate. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Okay, we were talking about. Uh, we just finished free. It was perfect. We finished free comic book day, so now we can talk about convergence. We're checking in. Have you been reading any of Convergence, Nate? I read issue zero, and it was not enough to get you to buy issue one. Is that correct? I I have. I bought them both at the same time. I haven't read one yet. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. All right, so we were talking about it last week, and I just wanted to follow up because Rick was very down on it. But in true Fanboy Planet podcast fashion, our our disappointment in 
Convergence was not actually based on reading it, but just sort of flipping through. Oh, mine was based uh, on what I'd read. A, well, no, because you lied to me about you. You misspoke about Supergirl Matrix and said, "Oh, I had bought it." I flipped through it and, and said Ambush Bug wasn't there, and I was yes. like, and then I bought it and I I'm read sorry, it. And I was, absolutely was. salient point. Totally invalidated <laughs> all my opinion about everything else that I actually did. read. Well, yes, because you hadn't read that that much either. So, like, actually, you and I did not read the same books, and okay. therefore, my experience was valid. So I did get a, an article up on the site tonight uh, talking about the pros and cons of convergence, somewhat flipping off of what we had talked about last week, uh, because what books had you read last week? There was a Batman. Uh, I, I think you had done. It was the Nightwing. I read the Cross. Convergence issues. I'd read Batman. Um, and I think the central book, you're absolutely right still. I think Convergence, the central book, is the worst of them. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, I thought it made the most sense. But, uh, compared to the books I was reading, because the books I was reading were so disparate. and Until we encountered last week's issue in which Scartaris got introduced, the world of Warlord. Yeah. And now every time-traveling character who has been the center of almost every other uh, crossover, uh, big event like this, uh, is being held prisoner. And there's yet another twist, and the twist makes no sense. And <laughs> so... Um, but... It is interesting that it has sparked some of what I think they're going to try in June, which is let creators who just do their own books, but is using old fan favorites. I don't know who it's for anymore. You know, this was supposed to be a quirky thing, but the new 52 was supposed to get a new readers and alienated a lot of old readers. So now this is putting interesting creators on the things the old readers liked, but are we still there? I think what's, what's bothers well, we me are. most about it is that the original concept was, hey, we're going to tell you some stories that happened that could have, should have, might have happened before Flashpoint in in years before or decades in some cases. Although before. Flashpoint is one of the stories they're Right, they're but the original, I'm talking about when they originally pitched this. And it was going to be outside of continuity because right. these would be like, this, like going, to, going and finding back issues that you had never seen when they originally were published and reading them. And that... I was okay with, uh, but I wasn't intrigued by. I wasn't thinking, well, I really want to go back and read stories that are, have nothing to do with what's going on right, right now because right. I'm a continuity guy. Um, and what they've done instead is they've created a mishmash of all these separate stories and they're interconnecting them in a way that I really feel like the only way I can figure out what's actually going on in this is to read everything. And it is tied into continuity, just not the, the main one. It's Earth 2. Yeah. Because all the, I don't even know if they call them, because I'm behind on reading or two, I don't even know if they call themselves the Justice Society, but all those characters that, the, that are the analogs, because that's another thing that shows up this this in this week's issue, is that Deimos, the villain from, from Warlord, recognizes that there have been other Jay Garricks. Hmm. And because he's in tune with the cosmos and goes, you are the latest of a line, as if Jay Garrick has somehow become the eternal champion. But Jay Garrick, Jerry Cornelius, really close, kind maybe. Of, maybe not. Um, so, I mean, it's just kind of a weird thing. But but that is, they were clearly plucked from, they were about to be killed by Darkseid, and then they're brought to the main book for Convergence. And they're sort of the narrative glue, one of the narrative glues tying it all together. What is 
I feel is a chance uh, is almost missed opportunities is I would agree last week there were a couple I read that was like eh the Supergirl Matrix uh, Rick and I were walking to get coffee earlier and we were talking about about this it's like I don't know if you could sustain the tone of that book with Keith Giffen writing it mm-hmm. uh, I like the take he's done if, if you take that p- chunk of continuity from the 90s and then seal up Lex Luthor and, and May as she was actually called you know the super the Supergirl that was really protoplasm that thought she was Lana Lang for a while um, that uh, you seal them in a dome for a year and all their worst personality traits have become totally accentuated. So it's fun for two issues. Yeah. And then it ties into Ambush Bug that way because then Keith Giffen gets to write the character that he created and was you know brilliant and, and that everybody else seems to hate but us. Um, so... And and then Rick said the, the words that I wanted to hear that I didn't know I wanted to hear was you know ambush bug would fit really well on the Flash TV show, and I squeed and I spilled my coffee. Um, so, um, but then they've got like Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. It was the it was the the, the Legion of Superheroes that DC's own interference has not allowed to happen for like six or seven different iterations of reality, yeah, uh, of continuity. And so it went back to that one that in the seventies is is there and it was beautifully done and everything was great until the last page when then it was the because every issue ends with the dome coming down and now you must now it is battle royale and the point i was making the article tonight was that actually i may have cut that out was that uh that it worked when marvel did this with avengers arena and and because you had the kids but it was like the kids on the island but but it was aimed at kids who were reading hunger games right but when you take all of your books and make them that right it's it's kind of unpleasant especially because we're going to see that happen with captain carrot and the zoo crew right and you're you're going to have to come up with some kind of cosmic amnesia at the end of all this where they're not going to remember what actually happened under the domes when they all go back right because who's going to how's that going to affect how's that going to affect people when they return to whatever reality they end but then and and then i'm saddened that we're not some of them we're not going to see anymore you know, like I, they keep taunting me. And it's funny that Multiversity ended this same week too. That that it, like Grant Morrison's take on the multiverse uh, versus now yeah. this take on the multiverse. I kind of like Grant Morrison's, but there are elements of this I like. You know, he called Shazam Thunderworld, and this is just flat out Shazam. And I want to see after Thunderworld, I thought, well, could Grant Morrison do it? Uh, continuing Captain Marvel book. And then after this week's, you know, I'm not going to lie, it, it's on my pick, my what's in the bag, uh, is I want that creative team, except then that issue ends with Gotham by Gaslight invading Fawcett City. I'm like, I don't want that, but I want those, cap, you know, I want that so- solo book. So you know, just one one point that uh, you, you mentioned Legion of Superheroes, and it's it's a book that I think it's easy to say we both fundamentally love the basic, the original mm-hmm. Storyline, even even the adventures one with Superboy and mm-hmm. and that that book would probably be the hardest one to diagram continuity over the last three decades. Well, that's what I'm saying is that the Convergence book is before those last three decades right, because right. once they rebooted and took out Superboy because Superman can't be super was never Superboy. Then they did these backflips, they twisted, then Mark Wade and Barry Kitson right. were given permission to do one that was where you couldn't use these in. characters and these characters and these characters and then suddenly they said, oh, that's not selling, so now you can't, we've altered reality again. That was confusing. But I argue back and convert, DC has not realized that 
they started these big crossover events yes. themselves with Crisis on Infinite Earths, which also, and there's why I'm not annoyed by Secret Wars as much, is that Convergence felt like it came out of nowhere, but Secret Wars has been building up to it. Oh, yeah. So when you do this it, over at Marvel, it's going to be, that makes sense, which is what Crisis on Infinite Earths did. The monitor was floating around before, and this is the days before the internet, kids. We do, When the monitor first appeared, Nobody was quite sure what that was leading up right. to, but the monitor ended up being in every single book yeah. for about a year before the first issue of Crisis on Infinite Earths. They were building that up. Marv Wolfman knew what he was long-term doing. Long-term plan. Long-term plan, and Convergence just doesn't feel like it. Some of it's fun. Drunken weekend of planning. Maybe. And there's a throw. and I tried to look back and find it. There's a throwaway reference, uh, and I can't remember which issue it was, where they even said that basically, just like they did at Flashpoint, that the new 52 universe is the strongest and everything else is a hollow reflection of, I may have used hollow where they didn't, but it's a reflection of that one. Like, stop trying to tell us that this desperate plan that worked in some places and not others is what the DC universe was supposed be. to be all along. Yeah. Because it's simply not true. Witness... Your television shows versus your movies versus Witness your all animated the casualties films. of books that didn't sell yeah. and, and have been gone and replaced. Know, but you know, and it was a trivia contest. Uh, you know, a, a, a trivia question because it's a contest. I you know, show up at Baycon and we'll give you a prize. Um, that uh, which book in Crisis before Crisis accidentally showed what the monitor looked like before the first issue of Crisis on Infinite Earths. God, I don't know. Uh, I leave it out there. I, I'm not going to answer yeah. it on this podcast. See if somebody writes in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. But there was one because nobody was paying attention to it. And the monitor showed his face. And it is the, or they showed the monitor's face because no one told the writer. No one paid enough attention. So they were all in so the artist before? Or? He was always from the back. Like okay. you knew you had this sphere. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then sometimes you see his hand. But, <laughs> but one issue, one yeah. comic book did show him. And, it, it, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, funny because when you find out it'll be like yeah no one would have paid attention to that book yeah. then it was, yeah. it was, and, and the editors didn't so anyway um but what i'm saying is the crisis was designed to streamline to get it done to one thing and now and because people weren't necessarily caught up in the continuity of dc at the time although some of them some of well, them there's was. all the confusion as to what was history versus alternate universes well you had time. earth one you had earth two you right. had earth s you had and, and then they, and they wanted to put it all together and then no no heroes that were of the two or or s or x um was there another one oh those are three that was the crime syndicate right those heroes never fit as smoothly Into again the... when it was just one earth mm-hmm. and so we're, but we're at a point now, and, and I think, Nate, you'll probably echo this. The books that uh, that you get most excited about are the ones that are completely standalone. The books that are selling well, I mean, DC Marvel are selling well with other things, but but you look at Image, and Image is, you know, it's saga. We I don't need say, a saga Walking Dead crossover. I would say it's the, the books that are bringing new readers into stores. That's the better way to phrase it. Yeah. And that's what the new Fifty Two was designed to do. But if yeah. you could, if you could come up with a concept that just stood alone, I mean, like one of the most popular books right now for uh, for, for Boom, but in the industry is that Lumberjanes, mm-hmm. you know, with new readers. Uh, 
teen girls are eating that up and and through word of mouth should be absolutely it's it, and it's a great book and we love saga here obviously i just caught i mentioned earlier i was i caught up on on lazarus and you know i don't need to see anything else i want more of lazarus but i don't want to have a side story right 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 uh, unless that's the story that greg rucka and and michael michael lark want to tell you know and and then it's just an interlude so um yeah, that's, that's been my problem. But there are some really good convergence books this week. I just don't want to read issue two because then the, the fights. You know, that's that's my problem. Although I did enjoy it. So you know, if you did you pick up the speed, you know, you're not really a Flash, not really readers. But Speed Force is the one that actually crossed over with Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo crew. Oh, okay. And Wally and Jay and I can't remember what his daughter's name is because um, they've been wiped from continuity for so long. Um, Jay and Iris, I think it's. I think the daughter is Iris too. Um, that uh, that they run through um, whatever they call it, uh, whatever the zoo crew's place was, and fastback the super speed turtle uh, encounters them, and it's like we don't want to fight. We're just funny animals, <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, I don't want to see them die. I don't. I don't. Not you, don't, a, you can't eviscerate a funny animal. Just, well, they proved in multiversity. Not only can't you, it's because they'll just heal because it's cartoon physics. But, right. Yeah. Like I don't want to see it inside and it just kind of seals. I don't want to see it. It's like yeah. it's like last week's Archie versus Predator, which still had the Archie style, but the yeah. full on Predator action yeah. and the implication that he's knocking I off. Understand the they're doing Archie Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't even want to make a pun on that no. at all. I don't. Oh God, no. Um, uh, although uh, J. Dobbs Rosa, who occasionally contributes to the site, you don't uh, want to see Archie say to Veronica, "No, I don't. Do, I don't, I don't do, ro- do romance." No, what I what I want to see is he agreed is to, is that if they had, if the movie were to actually visualize every one of the tortured, painful metaphors that she uses in the in the, the then that would have been a movie worth seeing. <laughs> <laughs> There was something involving squirrels and, and chipmunks. and uh, Anyway, um, let's uh, move on. We should. Once we brought up Fifty Shades of Grey, I think uh, you, you almost want to end the podcast there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. See yeah. you guys later. We're going to the Red Room. Uh, if it's Fifty Shades of Grey, why is it the Red Room? Um, anyway, so uh, there has been a little kerfuffle still with DC this week. Jerry Conway, old-time creator, brought up that we've talked about this before. That when Paul Levitz was in charge, and uh, do you know what what controversy I'm talking about, Rick? No. Uh, so Jerry Conway pointed out, um, and it's only the old creators that say aren't really actively working in the business of doing other things mm-hmm. that can afford to raise a stink. Um, is that when Paul Levitz was in charge of DC, there was a pretty good, certainly a better record than Marvel had of uh, giving some kind of honorarium to creators whose characters had. Sh- shifted over to a different media uh-huh so uh like uh, i believe it was len ween who had created uh lucius fox and paul levis made sure that when right. they use lucius in batman, batman begins, begins he got a little payment he says that his kitchen was paid for by batman begins and uh it sounds like a pretty good, a good payment. kitchen yeah, it's a pretty good payment um, it's all black but jerry conway pointed out uh, that now there's this new policy and, and alan brenner did, did it come it come up with gotham where they were saying barbara keen was not even though he had created her for To Kill a Legend, 
the that Gordon's wife was the librarian, you know, that that she had not had a name. Gordon's wife hadn't had a name until he had named her uh-huh. in uh, in a story. And then she's kind of then she worked in. I think Frank Miller used her in year one. And so Alan Brenner said, "Well, I created Barbara Keene," and they said, "No." She's a derivative character. Mm. She looks too much like Barbara Gordon, her daughter, and also Commissioner Gordon's wife preexisted. So you just you just named her. We don't really owe you anything for that. So I think there was some there was some thing, but I think Brenner kind of died down a little bit. But Cherry Conway started questioning because he noticed that he created Felicity Smoke for uh-huh. even though she was not. She's Ronnie Raymond's mother in, I think, in the in the original Firestorm, Firestorm. stories. Yeah. Um, but she'd shown up on Arrow, and then of course they're using Firestorm, and he disco- and, and I can't remember which character it was that specifically became uh, a concept of derivative. I think it was Power Girl got used, and he said discovered that Power Girl was considered because he created for All Star Squadron, but uh, DC considered her derivative because. There had already been a character who was Superman's cousin who was Supergirl, so just changing her name to Power Girl on Earth 2 meant mm. she was derivative of an earlier work. And that now, for older creators, if they want to get paid, DC said, had a policy of saying, if we're going to pay you, you have to be proactive and identify which characters you created before we use them before we use them in another media. So are they being entirely open with who who they who they have in production? No, or? because how are they? How is someone's? Which is so you point. can guess the number I'm thinking, right? And and he's saying like uh, he, Jerry Conway said, I've created something like 500 characters for yeah. DC, and I don't even you know I don't know I don't keep up with all the media. I'm, right, and who would have guessed that Arrow would use Felicity Smoke of all characters? Right, you know um, who's become quite a fan favorite. You yes. Know? Um, so he's arguing that, and apparently at the beginning of the week it was, oh, Jerry Conway's just screwed. And now apparently some DC executives had to go off and meet with Warner lawyers and redefine their terms and be a little more proactive back to the days of Paul Levitz because Paul Levitz was, he was sure, you know, if they used something then he'd go, okay. And they may take away that pre, you know, that you have to identify first because, because Jerry Conway is right. Like what if they show up in a video game? How's he supposed to know it's going to be in a... You know, Don't you have all four major platforms and check every video game that comes out? Yeah. Well, especially when you look at, I, to say this, I just started playing again, uh, Luke and I started again this weekend, Lego Batman 3. Yeah. And how many, and we couldn't start for like 15 minutes because I hadn't put it in since the first weekend we bought it. it. And all the packs that had to come in, all the, you know, all the things they'd added and unlocked through, you know, yeah. And then I want to know who owns Adam West? Okay, uh, you know the, 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 I'm sure Adam would tell you. I, I'm sure he would. Uh, which, which we'll bring. We'll come back. I didn't put it in there, but he's coming back for another pro. Uh, yet another project for Batman and Robin. So remind me, Nate. Um, anyway, so <laughs> that's uh, you know. So Jerry Conway is, is like I said, he's got he's got plenty of money elsewhere. So he's got the time to maybe hire a lawyer and just irritate them for a while. And with all the ownership. That has been going back, and the and the question of work for hire, DC probably doesn't really want. You know, D- and I don't even want to blame DC. I don't want to say Warner. Yeah, there's a say- there's a legal department that's just being jerks because that's their job. I and understand they, that they don't realize what good faith buys them with the community. Because when you see, like on Flash, the yeah, the, the character created by there's a there's, is that I remember that correctly. 
Well, they, well, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, where they, where they do that, uh, maybe not in Flash, but when well, you see on that of Atlantis at the end, they credited Paul Norris for Aquaman, okay. and I'm like, you know, there it's great. And you watch uh, Daredevil on Netflix, yes, and Daredevil has this whole anytime any element from anybody else's story is in there, there's a thank you. Now I don't yeah. know if they're getting paid, but there's a thank you, and even that the alone, acknowledgement alone is is it makes the company feel human. Makes them feel like a good human too. I mean that. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah. Well, you know, corporations are people, my friend. They're, and uh, bad people. Well, maybe. Uh, speaking of bad people, uh, DC <laughs> announced this week, uh, last weekend at C two E two Chicago Comics Expo. I can't remember what the, all of it stands for. Um, the Dark Knight three is coming with Frank Miller writing, and I think we'd actually talked about there had been rumored yeah. months ago, and Brian Azzarello is co-writing with him because I don't think you can get, uh, to be quite honest, I, I I don't think you can get Frank Miller focused long enough to write a miniseries on his own anymore. Um, so, uh, but it's called The Master Race. Yeah. So a lot of people were <laughs> upset about that, going. Um, are you saying the superheroes are like the Nazis? But apparently it's actually the villain group that Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman take on yeah. in the new. But there's going to be a variety of artists. Well, that's right in there with the kind of uh, gangs that they were fighting to. And- yeah, and I think, you know, I, I, I looked at it and I went, I saw the title, and I didn't make that connection at all. And I think, and I'm seeing a lot, and I'm sure people listening are hearing this a lot too, reading this a lot, is we are in such a culture of umbrage that the first reaction to everything is to find how is that going to be offensive to somebody Yes. instead of just letting people go. Um, not to make light of certain issues that have gone on uh, and, you know, like, uh, you know, certainly not to make fun of and uh, make light of Gamergate um, or God, the, Kurt Buschek posted something this week that someone got into a Twitter interview with him where they were arguing that Marvel is actually a neo-Nazi group. Because Ms. Marvel's symbol are, is the SS lightning bolts. Oh, and please. he's going, it's a lightning bolt. And they take every tweet and they interpret like, he, he says, uh, you know, what did you think about this series that they, they did after you left? And he goes, I don't know. I haven't read it. And he, goes, he, and he admits that it's so bad he couldn't read it. And, wow. <laughs> and what about brand new day, the brand new day storyline where Spider-Man was revealed to be a Satan worshiper? And he goes, well, I don't think that's what happened, but it was a dumb book i didn't read it he goes yes he admits it's evil and i'm like no it's right there oh my god so you know there's just some so much crazy going on yeah. but uh anyway so well, we have that bait do we we have that to look forward to and well it's clickbait but these were also crazy baiters yeah. uh it, it was a weird site yeah uh, so we have that to look forward to sometime in late 2015 i don't know if i'm excited though you know i it, it's like the Dark Knight's for Returns Dark was good. I'll give it a chance. I, I mean, I I enjoyed Dark Knight Strikes again, but I, I was did, done. I, you know, I I don't know. I maybe I'll go back and reread it and in the next week or so and get excited again. I don't. The, know. The, I think the the lightning in the bottle for the first one was the idea that it really was kind of a satire, and you had to you had which to no one understands. We'll get no, back to that again. And you, you, but I think the reason why no one understands it is that everybody skips the TV. Um, all the little TV sets and what they're saying on that. And that's what sets up the satire in that book. Yeah. That's the, that's the running commentary. That's the, the chorus from Candide or, you know, any, any number of, of, uh, 
of absurdities that this is the world, the lens looking out of itself at this one. Right. And then you look at Dark Knight Strikes again, and it's there's a lot of callbacks to Harvey Kurtzman's mad work and Mm -hmm. Super Duper Man, which then I later after I called that out on Fanboy Planet in the early days and said, I think this is he's aping the early days of mad. And then he gave an interview in which he said, yeah, I'm trying to do Super Duper Man. And and then 9-11 happened and everything changed. Right. And, and I mean, literally, that's what happened. Frank Miller changed halfway through what he was planning to do. And so we got two issues. There was one thing and then two issues of Frank Miller was having a huge political Break. shift. Yeah. Uh, and not to to come down in one way or the other but the tone of that book completely changed and I don't I, you know so I don't know if I'm excited about yeah. it I do love Dark 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 Returns but we've talked about this many times I don't think people a lot of people don't get the satire because I think a lot of people honestly don't want to look for satire satire's hard they, I can't remember who <coughs> who said it it was Alexander true. Wolcott that said you know uh, comedy runs for months and satire is what closes on Saturday night hmm the the thing is the thing about that book though is if you if you ignore the parts that are satirical, then you just get this over the top, anger, violent, um, reactionary, uh, and a lot of people will say this is it the, is a perfect time to return to it. Then this is the essential of what Batman is or yeah. will become based on everything that's come before, and that's not true. Well, and I think the thing is he followed up with Year One, which was a serious book and a lot more cut to the essential. And yeah. so they connected those two, even though they're really not. No. You know, they're very different works. Yes. There's a reason he let he had someone else draw it uh, besides, you know, David Mazzucchelli. It's a lot more. Have we ever talked about how close Batman Year One and Daredevil Man Without Fear are? Thematically. If we haven't. Plot wise. Others have. I yeah. know that. I, I know. Um you know, and that's in fact, Joss Whedon gave an interview this week in which he said, you know, that he wanted, he had intended, if he'd had more control, you know, that's leaking out now that he's done, <laughs> that he didn't have the control that Marvel claimed he did, that he wanted Daredevil to be a movie because that's Marvel's Batman. Let's go, you yeah. know. And and actually, that's the one thing that struck me watching the first version of the Daredevil film was, yeah, when you cut them down to their basics, it's a few details that are different, but he's Batman. Yeah. You know, he's just poor. <laughs> well, he's definitely Batman year one. Yeah. Yeah. And now that Ben Affleck has played both, he's Batman. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, comics, just want to get to Marvel, pay some attention. In Secret Wars, we're going to get Howard the Human. So when he goes to Duck World, um, he's going to be transformed into a human and be amongst all the uh, New Quack City. That's what they call it, right? In Secret Wars, the, right, the, area, the area for, for is New Quack City. So he will be the lone human Amongst funny animals, uh, Scotty Young is doing that, and uh, I think this is actually going to be a book after Secret Wars was announced. Hank Johnson, Agent of Hydra, which is kind of because re- Nate, you read Deadpool probably a lot longer than I did. Uh, I mean, a lot earlier than I did. That mm. didn't he have a running Hydra or AIM character that was sort of like the Everyman? It was uh, Bob, Agent of Hydra. Yeah, yeah Bob, Agent of Hydra. So it's kind of returning to another idea. But with all, you know, who was reading Deadpool then, as far as all the new readers that have come in, thanks to the cinematic universe. So maybe Hank Johnson, Agent of Hydra, will be uh, seem like a new and fresh idea. CM Punk, which we knew was coming, is writing, has his ongoing book. He's going to be writing Drax the Destroyer. 
So a former WWE wrestler will be writing the adventures of a character who has been played on screen by a former WWE wrestler. I hope they go back for the origin. Exciting. That origin is actually kind of cool. I agree with you. I like the origin, but I w- they won't go back for it. And, I'll tell you, and the simple reason why is that's not who he is in the movie. They well, the thing about Drax is that he changes. I know, but that's but no, it's literally a different origin in the yeah, movie. Yeah, So they don't want to invalidate because far more people know the origin of or the explanation given in Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, than to be confused. They want they will just not talk about it at all. Okay, and I don't think they really reference it much, if at all, in the ongoing books. Uh, so. I thought there was a mention of Moondragon recently. And you can mention Moondragon. And you can say he's a daughter, but, yeah. you know, he mentioned he had a daughter in the movie, too. They just don't have to say, oh, they're both human. Yeah. You know, and they can just move on, or they're not really human. He's a reanimated corpse, kids. You can't see my smile, but that's what it is. Drax <laughs> is a reanimated corpse. Multiple times over. He, Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what they did with what James Robinson did with Solomon Grundy mm-hmm. in Starman. Of yeah. you know that idea of every time he comes back, he's got a slightly different personality. There's, yep. There've been dumb stretches. He's got a he's got an inverse Rexes. power to brain power. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's time to play that game we all love. It's not a game. It's that segment we call "What's in the Bag." Yes. What's in the bag? Okay. It's I know. The passion's gone. Uh, what did you get <laughs> the a chance? He's to... asleep. Oh, I, I understand. I understand. We should do it like an all very quiet, like a jazz radio station version of the podcast. It's the quiet fanboy. What's in your bag, Nate? Did you get a chance to go to the store this week? I certainly did not, Derek. I'm sorry. And that is because I have worked at least a thousand hours this week. Wow. Um, You're in a tesseract space, aren't you? Yes, 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 for sure. Uh, but I, I can tell you, as that always, <laughs> what, what would you have put in your bag if you had been given time to go? The first item I would have put in my bag is Batman issue forty. Yeah. For some strange reason, after death, death of the family. They stopped pulling it for me at... Uh, oh, really? Well, I think I got through zero year, and then they stopped. And so I did not realize 40 was going to be this big deal. So I have not picked it up. Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo saying... They're not saying goodbye. They're going to continue afterwards, aren't they? I don't know. I was waiting for a response from Nate. I, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> It is a it is a special ultra slick cover with it's a five dollar price tag for. Well, I do know that the Divergence book, the Free Comic Book Day thing, is going to preview the next phase, and that uh, there is. I, I won't spoil here, though. It's been all over the internet, just in case either of you guys don't know what's going to be happening. But uh, this gives the explanation why it's going to happen. So um, on Saturday, if you get to get your free comic book, uh, Divergence will show the new age of Batman. And so I wanted to pick up 40. Maybe 40 will still be at the store, and I will I will check. But I've heard that it's already on eBay for ridiculously inflated prices after a day. Yeah, so 
It's because, you know, I mean, and people complain to me why right. Why does Warner keep going back to the Batman well? It's because like, that's the one character everybody loves and they guarantee will get, we'll get a sale. So, you know. Anyway, all right, Rick, what's in your bag? My first book, and maybe I'm Ooh. the only one, uh, is Superman 40. It was one of my choices. Which, I uh, chose not to bring it because I, I thought, mm, yeah, maybe not. And this is I just I just want to point out that um, I think this run the Ramita run is how I'm going to refer to it. It has been really quite good. The art style has been consistent, and I like what he's been doing with the plot. The whole Superman. Well, it's still Jeff Johns. Give Jeff Johns credit for the plot. Okay, but yeah. the Superman Human for a Day storyline was particularly moving. Did you read that one? Mm-hmm. And there's, I think, in this issue, some interesting things about... Yeah, and I haven't read this one yet, so... There are consequences of being human, or I shouldn't even consequences, benefits to being human that I hadn't considered, considered. that Superman couldn't do Yeah, uh, as Superman. So elements of his character that haven't been played up in a long time. Actually, pre-crisis, I think they often were. Yeah. Um, you know, it was pointed out, and, and here it's it's it adds to that Superman for a day thing. I like I like this book also because it has not, even though most of the Superman titles, and I'll include Superman and Wonder Woman and Action and Batman and Superman, have had their crossovers, and they all had crossovers during the Doomsday storyline not too long ago. But this one, more than the other ones, seems like it's a book you could just pick up and read just this storyline and not feel like you're missing anything. There are not a lot of... Not a lot of crossover. In fact, in there's a couple of, uh, of, of of panels in there that I thought it's almost like, yeah, like Jeff Johns just said, those other books that have to do with Superman. Yeah, ignore them. Ignore them. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I've definitely felt that in a couple of places, but uh, I, I I did read it, and I've I've read since the the introduction of the new power. So I mean, I have all the others. I just yeah. I, I'd fallen behind, so I went. Well, I'm going to read it forward again. And um, not all the DC books work well that way, but this one has, which I also like. If you you can come in, it's very accessible, exactly as you say. So, it does feel it feels more like an image book. I could say, yeah, if image were to do, yes, all right. Um, so on mine, I'll go back to what I was saying uh, earlier about Convergence Shazam. I don't know that the second issue is going to be as good, but I just need to say it. So Jeff Parker writing and Evan Doc Shaner on, on art. Um, this is, I, I just let you look at it. This is a, to, to Rick. I mean, it, it's beautiful artwork. It looks very classic. These covers all make me think that half of them has been burnt. You know, <laughs> because everything got go- pulled out of the fire. No, no before because they everything's get it. going dark. I know, but they didn't have the other Shazam cover for me. Yeah. Um, but the artwork is sort of like the best of everything that the Marvel family's original art runs were. Yeah. All these styles kind of mishmash together. A more three D. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with it, a lot. Yeah. Well, with the exception, I would say it, it reminds me a lot of Mac Raboy, who had done the Captain Marvel Junior strip, and who is kind of underrated because people don't really. He's like Frazetta that there was so much depth and lush going, not lushness right. going on to his work that you kind of dismiss it because everybody thinks of Captain Marvel by C. C. Beck. And which is very cartoony and very simplistic in its in its style, but the story's really good. It acknowledges everything up until about you know up until crisis really, and so it's definitely an Earth S, and it's 
He's got the smile. He's got the Captain Marvel smile. And this, even this, he's like biting down on his lower yeah. lip. But if you go like two more pages forward... And he's he's doing the truth, justice, in the Marvel way pose. This that's just uh, the perfect Captain Marvel yeah, face. Yeah, this little and thing from his and, sketchbook. Yeah, and um, I I just I love every aspect of of this, and I enjoyed Thunderworld for Multiversity, but this is even better. And uh, Jeff Parker is a writer that I love because again he can combine that um, he can take a character back to what made it popular in the first place and still bring modern storytelling requirements into it. The stakes have to be raised, but this still feels like an all ages book that Captain Marvel should have been. And this is why Captain Marvel was popular and every twist and turn every writer since has tried to do, you know, except I did like the, you know, the power of Shazam and there's even, they go to a, uh, there's a street where there's a sign that says Ord way. Because uh, of, you know, obviously Jerry Ordway, Ordway, who had done Power of Shazam for so many years. Bullet Man and Bullet Girl are in this. So that, so I would love to see a book that is just set in the, what did they call that for the one that one just league crossover? Shazam Soldiers of Victory or something. I mean, they, they didn't, that, no, Soldiers of Justice or something. Yeah. Can't call it. It wasn't the Soldiers of Victory. Seven Soldiers of Victory. No, yeah. which is another book that they released this week. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, Shazam number one, Convergence Shazam number one, absolutely worth Every penny. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to vouch for number two, but number one, they should just spin off and do an ongoing series. What would next have been in your bag, Nate? I'm going to throw out a shocker here. Walking Dead? Didn't come out this okay, week. Okay. Invincible 119. Oh, I am shocked. <laughs> Has that book been slow coming out lately? Yes, they changed to the saga model of six issues break, six issues break, oh, because okay. he's doubling up on Walking Dead again. Because mm. I remember they came out with, it was quite a while ago that they had the 100th issue. Yeah. Five years ago? No, it wasn't five years. Six? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, uh, they've slowed down the production on that to allow them to be on time you know again i'd I'd just as soon have that give me a give me an arc that you've got the quality get that on time together take a break it's like seasons it's like seasons absolutely especially when i'm reading trade paperbacks sure go ahead all right what would be next in your okay so my next book has a secret theme with my final book um and I'll Rick see if you always can guess cheats. it. I'm cheating, but you'll see why. <laughs> always cheats. My my next book is. It. We I don't think we ever discussed the Secret Avengers, the current run of Secret Avengers. No, I don't Avengers. think we did. But Modok's in it. I I've loved this this run, and again, this is another book that you can pretty much read exclusive of any of the other adventure title adventure titles, and it's it's totally tied into Shield. And it's Modok, uh, Modok tied into the Avengers, not necessarily as a bad guy. Uh, sometimes he's really smiley, like he is on the cover of this one. He says, it looks really, like he's wearing a CPAP machine. He, he, uh, oh, a Modok CPAP machine. Mm. Um, he, the characters in this are, and the, th- the adventures slash situations they get put into are really reminiscent for me of. Justice League Europe, the original run, which, again, was a hilarious, fun romp of a book. And this is just as fun and rompy 
Um, what other book do you have that has Actually, a, I, I a may have to correct you. Senti- I think you mean Justice League International. Justice League Europe was the later spinoff that was, was not as fun and rompy. Well, the one where they were in... The one with, the one the, where they're in the one with your third or, book? Okay. If that's it, yes. it's Justice League International. That's the, okay, okay, Justice League International. Though Europe did go to France. But International was before in Europe. before Europe. International was the first one. And they were that in was France. International. Eventually. Eventually, okay. yeah. Um, so, the same, the same kind of feel as that. And that was... Giffen writing, wasn't it? It was Giffen and DeMatteis yeah. together. That was, yeah. as they said, their bwahaha yes. style of writing. Yes. And I, if you're if you're looking for that live today, I would point you at Secret Avengers, um, which and of course it's actually by Alice Cott. It's uh, it's been it's been way too obvious to say this is the, the tie into the next books because of Justice League International. You want to rush? Go ahead, say it. So. The, the the other two books are the cheater. Two, the two books. Oh, two convergence books. You know why? Cheater. I'm holding in my hand. You know exactly why. Yeah. Because it's booster. Uh, convergence came out with booster gold and blue beetle. I'd be really really upset if I read these and they spoiled them. Um, because blue I've been waiting. Gold. I've been waiting to hold in my hand blue a a new new issues of booster gold and blue beetle, and I've got them today. For however long convergence allows them to exist, and then at the end of the first issue, they get into a death match, and one exactly. of them must one die. Must die. Have you been picked up that Justice League three thousand has them? That they've come out of like a sarcophagus, and they're really and they join. It's, it's the only thing that will make me. It makes me interested in Even reading Justice League three thousand. That that they're there. I, I I'm, I, I'm and I was reading. I guess Supergirl's going to Justice League three thousand after convergence. That, that's a little painful. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, oh, I did have, yeah, I did have Booster Gold in my stack. Okay, so if you've not, then I'm going to go with The Multiversity. Yeah, I was going to leave that one for The you. end of Multiversity, uh, which actually, I don't know if they're ever going to get to revisit, but it, it, it does leave an ongoing concept, hmm. aside from the orrery, but also stressing again, which I mentioned before, that, that um, these 52 worlds are still not... Um, the only multiverse, so he's leaving that right, open for right, anybody right. to create, and they say that he it established that early in this. Yeah, thing. but they, yeah. but they made a point again of saying this multiverse, not you know the only one. Right. So I think this is like a lot of uh, of Grant Morrison works. You almost have to gather all of it up together. I was going to say, have one. you have you got that stack of oh, uh, no? Of and I should have um, because they reference back to other books. Like ca- several characters are holding earlier issues. I think I actually have that set aside to go back. And I think that was the smart move to make, and I didn't do it. And um, just because there are a few things, I'm like, was that? Yeah, well, I'll take your word for it. But like every other issue shows up. Yeah, literally, someone's holding, holding that a, a copy of that comic of something, or yeah, yeah, of the of the universes talking to each other, and uh, so this is uh, just uh, beautifully drawn, mind bending concepts, undoubtedly headed for an omnibus edition. Oh, undoubtedly, and I will sadly buy that. Um, but the other thing I was thinking about with the multiversity is the let's call it diversity. When you look at this cover. Um, you have yep. Y- you have an Australian Aboriginal hero. Yep. You have a female version of, for lack of a better phrase, at this point, Aquaman. Aquaman. Um, you have. I think that that Batman's a robot, so I don't count that as diversity. But uh, oh, you racist! 
No, I'm a roboticist. Uh, so, uh, but the Flash that they have there is a is, is, has been established as a gay gay man. Okay. So uh, they don't have on the cover. There is the uh, I can't remember which Earth it is that has the Superman that is president. The black the black Superman from Earth Two. It's not Earth Two. Uh, no, that's a different one. Oh, that's a different. This one? This is the, like an Earth Seven. Grant Morrison had established earlier. Oh, okay. Um, there is yes, Earth Two has a, a different Kryptonian. This is Kal El. A black just, Kryptonian. He's, 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 yeah, he's who will uh, continue on in the new mm-hmm. Earth Two book. And not on the cover, but included as a member of this team, of course. And you have an anthropomorphic rabbit because Captain Carrot is absolutely crucial to multiversity. So I mean. He's also sending the message, you know, that it's like, look, characters are just characters and, and they should reflect the world. So go hug your anthropomorphic rabbit. Uh, but, but really, I, it is. It is a comic book that stands for diversity, not just in creativity of ideas, but in, but in who can be a hero. And I think it, of course, makes perfect sense. Uh, that aspect, I still got to, again, reread it so that I can all sit there yeah. and just go, my mind shall melt. I have not tackled the invisibles that way because i'm afraid that i will fall through a hole in time if i do read it all in i one did sitting. pick up the doom patrol omnibus i think that one's safe to read in one sitting i'm not positive though yeah yeah i, I think the only truly dangerous one is the invisibles I, yeah i only read spot here and there of invisibles invisibles is really good yeah but it's also very mind freaky okay so um are we back around to Nate again? And we got to go around back, back around to Nate. to Nate and the last book that I will mention for the bag is Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was pretty sure you were going to go there. <laughs> Are you caught up on that? A prior to this issue, yeah. Okay. And how's it holding together for you? Fine. I want it to be a film. When they went into the alternate alternate dimension, it felt like it was getting a little shaky for me. You know, when they went on the road trip. Yeah, uh-huh, I liked that uh-huh. part. Yeah. You did or did not I like did. that part? I did like the road trip. I liked the road trip, but it didn't feel like the Jack Burton kind of... Uh, yeah, it wasn't as grounded as he usually is. His story... I like his stories to be... Well, well, we only have one story, really, yeah. one canonical story, and the thing I I like that is that is that no matter how crazy the world around him gets, he doesn't get it. <laughs> it's just like he does and he doesn't. It's just like ah, ah well, hell. That's, that's why I liked in the first few issues when he kept on telling the stories of his different wives. Oh yes, no, that cracks me up. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, the road trip began, I think, in the second issue. No, so, no, because yeah, I've only read the second, the first and second issue. They go into the alternate dimension. I thought it was much after that. No, no. All right, so I shall go to mine because Rick cheated and did three in a row. And and snuck in four. Um, But I will – it's appropriate that it's four (laughs) because I'm going to go for the last issue of Fantastic Four uh, for the foreseeable future, but also the last issue of James Robinson's run. Um, This was also a double size. Five buck book. Six buck book. Six buck book. Six buck book. Um, wrapping up everything with the Fantastic Four. I love the it, fact they went to the original font in the first. That first, yeah, uh, and, they, and, they, and the, it's got the Psycho Man, uh, a couple new villains, some interesting things. Brings it together. All is restored with the world, and then uh, you get short stories in the back. 
of each individual member reassimilating into society uh, after the events of the story. So the Human Torch, which is drawn by uh, uh, pencils Joe Bennett and uh, inks a guy named Marcio Lerzer. And it definitely has the Kirby-esque oh, feel yeah. uh, because it's kind of... It's the wide-faced... It's uh, kind of rebooting and restarting there. High cheekbone women. And- uh, I think it's Barbara Kessel who... Uh, no, Louise Simonson writes a, just a beautiful story with the Invisible Woman. And uh, then there's a little a gallery of, of covers of favorite things and, and a great... Tom DeFalco writes a great thing story. And um, I... My favorite, Jeff Parker... Um, who I think is writing, might be writing the main Convergence book, does a little uh, Mr. Fantastic and Valeria story that I was really taken aback by surprised and, and really enjoyed. So, good book. And I was thinking about the Fantastic Four and how long those kids have been kids. I think it's, one, it's also not really the Fantastic Four anymore, is it? It's the Fantastic Six. But, yeah. But you've already got the Sinister Six, so they don't want that uh, that confusion. But... Uh, Anyway, uh, so it's uh, it's a great end to it. I look forward to the next things that Johnny Storm, uh, Johnny Storm, James Robinson uh, contributes. I was just looking at Johnny Shh, don't Storm. Don't tell his actual identity. And I was thinking about what it, what it, really impressive is that he sets up things for Hammond, mm-hmm. for for the Torch as they call him. Which again, I really, really am hoping that some that Marvel goes. Loophole, we can put Jim Hammond in the movies. <laughs> you know, and tie him back into Captain America. Because the work that James Robinson, in particular, on Invaders and now in this, in this end of Fantastic Four, and he promised in the interview, if people listened, that he's going to pick up some ideas again, is he's really got an affinity for Jim Hammond mm. and has made him another character that's like, he should not fade into the background. So he set up something interesting that I hope gets picked up in the yeah. next few months after Secret Wars are over. So, um, anyway, uh, that's it for comics. Let's move on to some movie stuff. Uh, I tried to avoid topics that would upset Nate unduly because his baby is sleeping. Um, he's still there. He didn't hear that. I heard it. Okay. Oh, can we do one one more thing about <laughs> comics? And this this is partially just for you because I'm pretty sure you'll re- it'll resonate with you. The alternate Howard the Duck issues. Alternate covers? Yeah. Did you see the one that is... Howard in the David Bowie pose from Heroes. No, I did not. And it's it's called Feathers, and it's the it's the album for Heroes. But what, it's, was it's it was it on Howard the Duck or was it? Um, no, it was on. Uh, was it on in in, in Humanity? I can't oh remember. yeah, see, I wouldn't even paid attention. And I think all the I think all the Howard the Duck covers that Elusive got bought up immediately. Up. Yeah, it's it's pretty brilliant because his 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 hair is his oh, feathers I'm are sure. tossed just I'm in the sure. right way. I'm sure. I you know I'm there's, hoping that I have, there's a gallery. I'm not usually them. tempted by alternate covers. I really usually hate them, but that one was just. I agree with that aspect. I, you know, that's like I with a lot of these convergences. It's like, well, do I do the chip kid covers? Would you say look like they're half burned? I think it's because they're all going into the darkness. Sure, sure. But. Um, some of them I, I, I like that you have this classic Jack Cole image like for Plastic Man and the mm-hmm. Freedom Fighters, but I wish I had, well, like I did on World's Finest. Um, I just wanted to see all of them. It's the Seven Soldiers of Victory. I was so, tempted by that one. And so it's not bad because Paul Levitz. You can't go wrong yeah. with Paul Levitz. Well, you, you could go wrong with Paul Levitz, I suppose. But, but I, haven't been, I haven't drawn astray yet. Let's talk about movies then. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers. I got three stories in a row with say Warner Brothers is a little bit of a mess right now. 
Because they're playing what? a big game of, I know, I know, a big game of whoopsie. So it leaked out. They'd done character posters, teaser posters for Batman v Superman, where it was like there was sort of you could see Batman and there was the big S symbol over Batman's face. Right. And you could sort of see Superman and there's the bat symbol. I didn't like those. No, I think they're stupid. And in this, in South America, or, or, or Latam, I guess, Latin America, that um, they had put a poster... I'm not. I'm not sure how this went, but it got leaked into American websites that there was a poster that had. This is where that image of Ben Affleck, the color, the color one comes from. That they had released a poster down there, or someone in a publicity company had accidentally released it. They pulled it, but not before. Of course, this is the thing. Look, once it leaks, once it's gone. It's, it's gone. It's out there. Yeah. Um, just own it, you know. Figure yeah. It out. So this image went out of a, a full-on shot of Ben Affleck as as Batman. <laughs> I was thought you were going to say something else, and it looks as Daredevil. It it's it just looks like sad man. It looks like a statue. It looks like a sculpture of Ben Affleck. So there's something that if they were maybe it's the model shoot of the Madame Tussauds museum version of ben affleck as batman because there was something that just didn't look human to me well they got the they have the frown lines in the cowl above his eyes they're they're baked into the cowl and the rest of the face just looks like i'm tired can i just go home for today i'm sad looking which i from the trailer that's the i could pick that up that i i get the feeling that he that Batman's supposed to have been in retirement for a long oh, really? time. Um, I because the, because they want to capture the feeling of the Dark Knight Returns without earning any of uh. the reason to do it. It's like I saw a friend of mine posted last week, like why is why should Batman fight Superman? I went well, and he was kind of trying to bait me because it's a friend that likes to do that because he's not really up on that. But but um, I said. Somebody else answered first. It's like, well, it's from the Dark Knight Returns. I said, yeah, but the thing is, in Dark Knight Returns, that was like 20 years of friendship, and then they find themselves at right, odds. Right, And this is clearly, who is this strange alien? This is the alien? first encounter. And it's funny in the Bat- the Lego Batman shorts where it's like he, not that, I don't know, I don't think it really cares who in the games, but definitely the Lego Batman things they've done uh, for Comcast, and uh, they just released the Bizarro Justice League one that it is funny that Batman only joins Justice League and keeps saying this, so I can keep an eye on the alien. And he's jealous of, of Superman. So that hostility is funny and comedic because they're little Lego figures. Right. But for this, where they're going with, Batman has been, has like 10 or 15 years worth of continuity for this movie before that we'll never get to see makes almost no sense. I think Ben Affleck is young enough to play a Batman that I'm still willing to watch, but the fact that they're shooting for two or three years down the road to develop a solo film connected to this, it's like, do we need to see a Batman with that much baggage right? before we've even had a chance to see It's kind of this the opposite Batman. of my usual complaint, which is I don't need the origin again. I don't need the origin right. again. I don't mind skipping over a couple right. of years, but, but I mean, don't don't take me to the the end end to play. the end before you've earned any yeah. of it. He's especially, about to die. It's Batman especially with on everybody. His uh, well, you know, yeah, yeah. There was a uh, there's a shot of there's at least one tombstone of a former Robin yeah. that they've leaked out, and I'm just like, 
and, and it's not really a spoiler because it's been out there and rumored that that's one of the motivations for him. Um, but yeah, it's just, I'm sorry. Warner has not yet done anything with that one to earn my, I don't want to say respect, but my interest. I mean, I'll go because I go see all these things. I, I really got I, that. Fo- I don't know what it was about that photo, but it really focused me on, on how long we've been waiting for them to put together a justice league movie to get things lining up. And, they it's like everything they can do to screw this up they are doing and when i'm not or if but when they screw it up it's gonna it, it may not be recoverable they there may be no interest in going forward well they will just rule Warner's tv part yeah well and that that's just it so they'll have to reincorporate all the stuff into TV properties, I guess. Well, they already are. I mean, that's the thing is we, you know. Well, I mean, not the, none of the characters that are in the movie are in the in the TV show except for so Flash, far. who is so a different far. character. So far. Right, right. And it's still, gonna, as far as I know, it's but still going to be But don't you, I mean, without, without looking at the recovery of it, it's such an incredible waste. It's such an incredible wasted opportunity to to really bring their... Yeah. They're great stories. Well, I mean, here, like I'm going to say, the next thing that leaked out, was well, it didn't leak out, it was released. It's just that Warner has this history of doing this. Um, David Ayer released a photo of Jared Leto as the Joker. From? From Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. And he's got the cut teeth and tattoos all over his body. And everybody went, oh, my God, it's horrible because because of all the tattoos. And the, and the people thought about the teeth. And I went, actually... And I think it was Lee Press on post. He goes, I don't know how I feel about this. And I said, I don't get the hate because it looks like the Brian, uh, the Brian Azzarello, Lee Bermejo Joker graphic novel that Mick Gray inked. Uh-huh. Um, the, that take on the Joker was false teeth because uh, and caps because, well, he's been punched in the jaw a lot by Batman. Yeah. You know, that's got to play Hob with he's the dental work. He's spit a few work. teeth out. I'm sure he yeah. has. You know, so there's that. And then they, so after there was a lot of hatred over the weekend, then, uh, then David Ayer had to say, oh, and Warner Brothers said, that's not the version, that's not what he's going to look like. That was a photo we released to honor the Joker's 75th anniversary, which made no damn sense. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> look over there. So, what about, lo- luckily, was- I think they had a, they, you know, they had, it's early enough in the shooting that they get to just go, if there were tattoos, they could remove them. But, now, but at the same time, I saw another photo that was supposedly Harley Quinn in like black, um, black rubber pants and a, mid- it's, mid- I haven't seen, shirt, I haven't seen that. And then one leak today of Will Smith as, uh, and the people are going, oh, Shaft is joining the suit. I'm like, if you're going to re re envision Floyd Lawton yeah. as an African American character um who is a criminal, then he might not look like the slick um Errol Flynn that Floyd Lawton originally looked like. It's just the way it is. Right. So I I, I don't know. I want to withhold all judgment. Suicide Squad's probably the movie out of them all that I'm the most interested in because they haven't put that on screen. And they're all characters that are reprobates, and it could be kind of a, a weird... Those are interesting stories. Fra- uh, broken, fragile, twisted yeah. uh, backgrounds, th- like, interacting. I could totally see, yeah. I, you know, I've said this before, Will Smith playing Deadshot, a brilliant choice, because he could bring something totally like, I don't care, to it, 
and yet you sense there's something really right. broken and twisted inside him. Yeah. So I think it'd be great acting, and Will Smith can do it. He just doesn't often. You know, he kind of sleepwalks through some things, but he could bring that. You know, he could really act that really well. Did they cast a Catman? No, there isn't a Catman. Oh. It's uh, there's a lot of interesting interesting ones. So Enchantress is one. Okay. Um, which would be interesting because then that's an out and out superpower. That's supernatural. Yeah. You know, so I don't know what they're going to do with it, but I'm intrigued. Uh, ben Unless Aff- they rewrite her to be Ben more Affleck like has been spotted on set in the makeup that matches in costume that matches Bruce Wayne. So mm-hmm. they're definitely tying it in, and that's what I'm saying by having this old Batman, and then you're going to do a Batman film in which you cast Jared Leto because you want to do a Batman versus Joker movie down the road, right? You know, then it should be a younger Batman or or a more energetic, not the sad Batman, not the one that's gone through all these tragedies. Unless you think that Jared Leto is old enough to have uh, knocked off a Robin or two or three, you know. Oh, he's old enough. (laughs) Yeah, I guess he is. I mean, you got to think about that. He probably is. He's in his thirties at least, right? Oh my God, he's way older than that. I I just think of him as younger, and I I he was in wasn't he in uh, that Claire Danes my so called life? And I always and I forget that how long ago that was. He's got to be fifty. He is not (laughs) fifty. I'm Googling him right now. Uh, he's 43. Wow. Okay. Then he's as old as Ben Affleck. Okay. Um, all right. So forget everything I just said. Uh, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Uh, but then the criticism that has cropped up online, this is my third Warner Brothers story, is that it's it's enough rumbling in Hollywood that it's getting reported on that many executives in town are saying Warner has no idea what they're doing and this is the problem so we're we've got because the difference is marvel's did we talked about this last week because drew campbell asked us marvel has you know kevin feige is the buck stops here guy he is the guiding force jeff johns was supposed to be the guiding force and no one will and i believe this no one will let jeff johns be the guiding force because every warner executive thinks they know better but what warner brothers is doing is you've got Zack snyder Working on, I guess, directly, let's say he's going to go from Batman v Superman to Justice League to uh, to Justice League 2. However, then they've announced all these other films that are supposed to tie in, but there's nobody checking to see if they add up. So you've got David Ayer doing Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. That's probably okay. That's off far enough in the corner that you can have a quick cameo from Bruce Wayne, and they can't reveal enough continuity to mess something up elsewhere you gotta have a nice post-credit scene maybe but i don't know that they're that far along because yeah. we know because rather than say we know where we're going they're going out to writers and saying okay i mean and they've cast characters obviously because sure. you've got a flash movie on the docket gal gadot. Uh, you have an aquaman you have gal gadot as wonder woman you have jason momoa as aquaman and you don't have just three different screenwriters working on an Aquaman and Wonder Woman script. You have three different scripts being worked on, and then they're going to decide which one they like the best and work from there because they're not going to like that one either. They're just going to say they like that one the best, and they're going to have somebody else come in and rewrite it. There's no guiding hand saying, we have an end game. Their end game is to get all these movies out. Marvel's end game is to get is to build these specific story. stories done and they don't get it yeah but i think that it's also a reflection i gotta say as much as uh you know sometimes marvel gets snotty about it the comics work the same way there are big t- 
touch points in Marvel continuity that are just inviolate. They're there. They, whereas if you say, I want to tell the DC story, I think it's like Carr and, and Nate might remember. We, I think we talked about it last summer about like the question is, or it was two summers ago. Like when you tackle a character, which one are you going to do? Like, if you're going to do Hulk, are you going to do the smart Hulk? Are you going to do the, the one who's smart at night? Who does blah, blah, you know, but with DC, it's not just, we're going, we're going to, um, adapt a character. It's also, we're going to adapt a continuity. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no touch point. Sorry. You can't create crisis on infinite earth, even though flash is working towards it on yeah. the TV show, but you can't, you can't, it'll be much more personal crisis on infinite earth. And I was flash. having a, yeah, I was having a conversation with somebody uh, last week about Wonder Woman. I said, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it out to Tom Galloway. He's right that the problem with Wonder Woman is not that she's not a great character. She is a great character, but when you tell a story about Superman, you can point to okay. I think there's like an iconic Superman story you can tell. Batman certainly a Batman versus the Joker story that's iconic, yeah. even if there's not one specific. When you say Wonder Woman, there really isn't a Wonder Woman story that leaps out to most people's minds. She's an interesting character. She's had a couple of interesting stories here and there, but nothing that has been classic. My argument back to Tom Galloway was. Strangely enough, in the new Fifty Two, what Brian Azzarello was doing with her, saying when she realized that all, everything she knew was wrong about her origin and having to take a, a, a different place in in the in, in the world, um, but then the problem is that's a story that completely depends on knowing all of her backstory. You can't you can't just introduce a character and say everything she knows is a lie when you don't know what she knows or what she thinks. So. Well, didn't they do that to her too? I mean, the the her her own origin that she'd been told was wrong. right. That's what that's what yeah. I just said. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I said. Okay, uh, so that's Brian Azzarello's yeah. run was breaking was that breaking apart, that saying that that's not there. But you have to know what she thought she was in order to tell that story. So you yeah. can't just introduce her and say, "Here's this character nobody knows," and guess what? She doesn't know herself either. I, I'm I'm just thinking back over the character, and I think you know the the golden age. Wonder Woman, those were all kind of, you know, th- those were of the time, right? Yeah. Um, when you got in. <laughs> but with, in the, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one of those three scripts being developed. Based is on. a Fifty Shades of Grey riff. <laughs> with the, with because the, that's what right. the original, I and mean, it's all about bondage. Yeah. But the, I was thinking about the, the, the Silver Age and like in the 60s, I think the only, the, the one storyline that, kind of caught me ironically enough was when, she, was when she lost her powers and she became more of like a Diana, Diana Rigg Rig, yeah, kind yeah. of character and that was when the character actually started to be interesting to me she actually adapted adopted more of a, a role as a woman in the world and then after that they they kind of they rolled from that um you know they rolled back into it when she got her powers back of course but the then the George Perez um, the, that reboot was kind of interesting. That one, I think, we where you'd find the iconic story if there is is. One. But I just don't know that there is, and so and it all got undone. Yeah, and so, and so the story that I, you know, I which they're not going to do is I, I would go back to World War II with Wonder Woman. Yeah, because she's got patriotic colors no matter what, and and it's the whole juxtaposition of she comes to man's world to try and make yeah to end war and right yeah and I mean it's the closest thing you can come they're not going to do it that's what Joss Whedon pitched and they turned it down yeah 
Um, so then the same thing with Aquaman. Okay, well, if, if Zack Snyder's introducing Aquaman in Dawn of Justice, then... He better be in tune with what they want to do with the movie. Tell the me movie why, tell me why they him. don't know what they want to do with him right. once you know he, he's already going. So, you know, that's... I will say this, as as sometimes ridiculously sprawling as a Marvel movie can be, trying to throw out, out bits and pieces and references to other pieces, as Jeff Loeb said, it's all connected. They at least don't contradict each other. Okay, <laughs> quick question. When they show him talking to fish, do you want to hear the sonorous sound in the background? What? what? <laughs> Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh. He's talking to the fish under the sea. Exactly, exactly. No, I don't. <laughs> I do. Uh, because I think I want to hear at least a. <laughs> I don't know. I subtly like Daredevil using his radar sense on the show. <laughs> See, you were supposed to say he doesn't talk to fish, but I know because fish have nothing to say. Yes. Why would he talk to them? Um, but no, it's a. Uh, sorry, my Aquaman talks to fish. All right. Yeah. I, because my first encounter with Aquaman was Super Friends, and I was smitten. So you want the sound? I. But that's not who Jason Momoa is. Okay. Momoa's Namor, who doesn't talk to fish, but he's calling himself Aquaman. Sound. Yeah, he just goes, Boom. It's a whale, whale he, song. He, he talks to Dory, the blue fish. <laughs> um, anyway, but back over to a studio that's doing it right, and that is Marvel Studios. Uh, we know uh, there's a rumor, and this hasn't been confirmed, but that the next Sony movie for Spider-Man will be called Spider-Man The New Avenger. So um, they're definitely going to tie him into showing up somewhere in an Avengers film. Uh, that kind of ties in with, I mean, they've, they, uh, of course they did the first Avenger with, with Captain right. America, and now the, the Daredevil late, is the, the first Avengers for Daredevil are in the first her, Defender. Red, in his red costume, yeah. Yeah, and they, they, they've got about five candidates to play Peter Parker, but allegedly now the front runner is Asa Butterfield, who was in Ender's Game and Hugo. Uh, so yeah, I think he could do it. Yeah. Um, there's two things. I mean, he's certainly the youngest actor they would have cast. Uh, he's got big eyes, so he looks kind of Ditko-esque. And uh, the, the only thing holding back is he hasn't been in a movie where I think he has to be funny yet. Mm. So they keep talking about how they're going to make him that unrelenting quipster, yeah. which Andrew Garfield was moving toward. I don't know if he has timing. I think Andrew Garfield had it almost as good as... Uh, the first one. Um, Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire. I think Tobey Maguire actually had it better, but didn't get the good lines that Andrew Maguire got. That may be. I liked Andrew Maguire a lot. And then not Andrew, Andrew Garfield? Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. I don't know why I, I follow you on these things. Andrew Garfield, I thought, did it <laughs> I was following you. Did it better uh, be, because I think he did have much better material. I think it was, you know. Yeah. And yet, um, you know, somebody described it as, actually, you got to think about how Spider-Man really actually starts to get irritating with how fast his quips come in fighting. But and that's it, what that's why he does it. Yeah, so. I know, I know. So, I mean, and that's and so neither of those versions have done it. And that's why I don't know if Asa Butterfield has the timing to pull it off. He might. And I, but we don't know that he is yeah. the one. They've yeah. talked to several yeah. several young actors in Hollywood, so we shall see. But it is it is being done right. The Kingsman Secret the Secret Service has been greenlit for a sequel. Uh, I still have not seen it. I'm not sure at this point that I want to see it theatrically. I may just wait for cable. Because I think almost you, every, it's still in theaters. It is still in theaters. I, I was, saw it a couple of weeks ago. It, well, it only takes a week no, to no, get no, to no, the, I, I, the I, theaters. I, yeah, 
I, I think you could wait for the for the DVD. And almost every, everybody I've talked to is the the, the issue because I know it's late in the film, and I don't think we talked about it online. But the issue that you had with it, yeah, that bothered you, has bothered almost everybody I've talked to about it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I I, I don't know. I'll see it. I'm interested. But I think I really I got to find where I put the trade paperback and read that first. And so. When it's on Netflix or HBO. I was um, going to borrow that from you and read it, too. Well, i got to find it. Yeah. Um, it's a project for the weekend. There you go. Go through, reorganize the graphic novels. You need a wake-up call for that? No. No, because no, I'm getting in line early for a free comic book day, <laughs> and then I'm sleeping in on Sunday, so just shush. Uh, then, of course, the big news this week is, of course, that t- tonight everybody else we know besides the three of us are – watching Avengers Age of Ultron. And you've already seen it. I well, have somebody's seen it. already seen it in somebody this podcast. Somebody has. And I will say uh, that it was better than Iron Man 2. Guardians of the Galaxy is still my favorite of the uh, of the Marvel Universe films. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really fun. I'm going to watch it, but it's the first time that I've watched something gone. Allegedly, Joss Whedon turned in a three-and-a-half-hour cut. First, it's down to 140 minutes now, um, and I really want to see the three-and-a-half-hour cut. And not because it's like, oh, it was so good, but I suspect that the three-and-a-half hours will play better than 140 because there are a lot. It's so sprawling yeah. that there are things that just disappear. And, it's, and I always feel it's a bad sign in a movie, and it's a minor bad sign, where... I'm going, but what about this care? Oh, there he is. You know, at just the point I realized so-and-so has not been on the screen uh-huh. for just a bit too long than they show up, you know, because there's just so much going on. You're setting up Civil War. You're setting up Ragnarok. You're setting up Black Panther. You're setting up Infinity War 1 and 2 uh, about the uh, – if, again, the joke has been made. If Ant-Man was being set up there, we just didn't see it because he was so small. Mm-hmm. But it, it's possible. Um, and uh, what else is in the hopper there? Nothing about Captain Marvel, which is like and it, when when Joss Whedon said that, oh, she's not going to be in there. She's not. And it's partially because, well, you just ran out of time, didn't you? Yeah. Somebody wanted you to do it. And uh, How accessible do you think it's going to be to the non-comics fan? Because it sounds to me like it's pretty... Could it, pretty compact and compressed. I think that the assumption would be that you've at least seen the Avengers, the okay. first one. Um, I don't mind that. No, I, mean, I, I don't. I, I, think it's I don't. Fine. I you know I don't. I don't I, mind I it either there's, because there's a place for movies that have prerequisites, just like there's a place for college classes that you have to take in 101 well, yes before you and take no. 102. I mean, I, I agree with just saying. I think Hollywood has moved to this when everything's being a trilogy or a tetralogy. Yeah, that I still think a movie should, should stand, stand on, on its, its own. own. Yeah, and I think like almost all the things we thought was cool and that were cool in the first trailer are pre credits. It's like almost like a James Bond movie. You're in the middle of oh. of something that really has to do with the plot. Um, you know, it really moves it forward, sets things up, but everything gets compacted down there. But you're in the middle of the action. You've clearly missed a lot. Which at first I thought was like, well, that's cool. That's you know, they're going to do like a Marvel cross, you know, a comic book that can movie tie in that doesn't feel like it's forced because they've just established that there's yeah. been a whole that we're in the middle of an Avengers adventure that um, leads into why Tony Stark. See, it's funny because in March they came out with two issues of the Avengers um, uh-huh. 
it was the the black uh, banded covers, right? And and it's the photo pictures from the movies. And I'm thinking these are the lead ins to the movie, but they're just a recap of the Avengers movie, and it's really sparse. Oh, it's very very quick for two issues to go over that whole, mo- I, whole I, movie. I got to read that free Avengers book that was came out last week. So, um. There are some fantastic character moments, and that's to say only three and a half, the three and a half hour cut would probably do, because what I felt like was like you were reading a run of comics, a lot of action, and then you want to have that X-Men playing baseball yeah, issue, yeah. and that's where Joss Whedon is most comfortable. Yes. So there's a lot of sitting around and talking and interacting, and so much character comes out of there, and I'm loving that. And Ultron is very different than shall I say, I've heard him in my head in every Ultron story I've ever read. Uh But I think there's a very good reason for that when you change his creator from being Hank Pym to Tony Stark, that having James Spader is a dark version of Tony Stark, of of Robert Downey Jr., that they're both the same kind of quipster. He's trying to keep up with his creator. And this is definitely, in ways subtly and not too subtly, as every Marvel movie is a genre film, this is their universal horror film. Uh, okay. A lot of Middle European villages being destroyed. Uh, uh, there's a, a you know, and, and it's obvious that they're monsters, and it makes it very clear. Bruce Banner and Tony Stark are mad scientists, and you have to decide. You know, have you been reading Superior Iron Man? No, I have not. Yeah, it's it's good. I know, mm. and I'll get the trades. Yeah, that, because at this point, that's that's where it is. Um, you know, and I I do think the handling of the Vision was so much better than I was afraid it was going to be. Oh, good. Okay. So I would say that a lot of people after this weekend are going to, and I don't know that Marvel has a lot planned. Um, They'll be looking for Vision. They're going to be looking for the Vision. And mm-hmm. it's and it's very close to the Vision that is in that Avengers AI book. Okay. Um, Which was a good little run. I, I, I liked that run. Yeah. And, and that sense It's an interesting take on... on on a superhero crew and what a threat is and how you deal with it. And and having to remember that the thing, again, is that Marvel movies are one long storyline. And again, and I was struck very much by how much, yeah, um, that characters are going to, again, characters will age out, characters are going to move in and out, and you're going to lose some threads for a while because that's just not where that character is for their life. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's interesting. Um so I'll be seeing it again tomorrow night, and I'll probably see it again. And there's one moment I you know that uh, I know I have to warrant my son's going to see it at a birthday party, which I cannot join him on, and I need to warn them that um, I know my son will cry. Uh-huh. And and I'm not saying that as a, oh, my boy. You know, it, it's like the kind of thing that I know pushes his buttons. There's a there's a moment. I'm like, i got to warn them that um, yeah. if, if his mother's not with them, somebody's going to have to be ready with a tissue. <laughs> you know? and, and just, here, son, here's a lot of tissue. Just I, you know, hold I, on to it. You'll yeah, know when you I need just, it. I just, I just know it. You know? And it so it was good. And I, but it, and it's definitely a movie that I need to see a second time to decide, do I like it better? You know, I saw Iron Man two twice, and I didn't. It, I didn't like that any better, and it fell, fell to the same thing. I thought Avengers: Age of Ultron did it much more smoothly. Of, yes, it's part of a larger thing. Iron Man two felt that they didn't bother telling their own story. This tries. It's just so much story to pack in. I'm actually trying thinking. I might go see it at like eight thirty on Saturday morning. There's a showing. I think that's reasonable. There's an IMAX uh, 3D showing at uh, Oak Ridge. I think it is. Yeah, I'm going to IMAX 3D. Tomorrow, I didn't get to see it in IMAX. Saw it in 3D, mm-hmm. um, and uh, 
And then, you know, this week the, the connection I can go to smoothly to television is that the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. allegedly had a tie-in. But if you haven't caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I, it really isn't a prerequisite to seeing Age of Ultron because supposedly it, it's they try to make it tie into the beginning of the movie. And the beginning of the movie doesn't really tie in back to – it doesn't return return the favor. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, well, this is forced, and you can believe that's what happened if you want, but there's no indication that it matters at all to the filmmakers, um, and including that there's a, like an end scene that it's like. <sighs> there is a good article on D23 this week, uh, The what you need to know before you watch the Avengers movie, which basically recaps what happened in all the movies between mm-hmm. the two Avengers movies that affected the characters, so. And this is going to get D23. Yeah, if you, if you have access to it. I'm not sh- I don't think you have to log in for that stuff. Oh, it's on the website. Yeah, on the website. Oh, I don't need, you know, I don't do that. I, I need to do that. I need to add that to my list of sites I, yeah. I check. Um, I thought you meant like it had come in the um, magazine. That no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's on the website. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll talk a couple. We'll go back to DC. Oh, Marvel. No, actually, because this is one for Nate. Uh, Howard's. Stern interviewed Ryan Philippi yesterday, right? Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. He also interviewed uh, Robert Downey Jr. the day before that. Ooh. Good week this week. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan Philippi revealed that he's in talks for a Marvel Netflix project. And the rumor, this is not what Philippi said, was that he's in line to play Danny Rand as you know Iron Fist on the Iron Fist show series. So what do you think about that? And I think you're more of an Iron Fist person than I am. Rick May is probably more than I am too. I missed it all in the younger days. I read the Invincible Iron. I've never missed Fist. an issue since the beginning, since the Marvel premiere or whatever it was. Spons, you know the Cary Gamble years. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but take it, Nate. Your thought, Nate. Uh, sounds good to me. <laughs> I really build you up too much. I've got to stop doing that. <laughs> I think it's. it's uh, he's also. I mean, he's forty years old. Not getting any younger. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, Danny Rand is not an old man. I mean, not an older man. Yeah. He doesn't look 40, looks, but... Yeah, yeah, he looks younger. Yeah, but, I mean, the whole thing about Rand is it's a coming-of-age story when he's in okay, training. But and, I would say yeah. the whole thing about Rand in the comics is that. That's not necessarily the take. I mean, I do think you, if you're far enough on Daredevil, I still have not finished it. But there's a, the the story with Stick very clearly, yeah. To me, implies this is circling back around to Iron Fist. Sure. They're setting up this stuff for payoff two years down the road. Sure. Uh, so the, and, and the knowing that Charlie and, Cox is like thirty seven, I think he's o- older than I thought he was. Another actor who is much younger than he look uh, that it, it looks much younger than he actually is. So thirty two. I thought he, I thought he had was older. Is Eldon Henson older? Is that is that why? Somebody's a lot older than I thought they were uh, involved in that show, and it's not Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, he's as old as I thought he was. Uh, Eldon Henson is thirty-seven. Yeah. Okay. Then that's the the one I saw. Okay. That guy looks like he's twenty. Yeah, he's a baby face. Uh, so anyway, it would be interesting. I don't know. We just don't know. It, but I could see him as Iron Fist, but but I have a very cursory knowledge of Iron Fist. So you make interesting points. We shall see. 
Speaking of interesting shows. Okay, there was a push to save Constantine this week, uh, uh, which I unfortunately missed what was happening, but Daniel Cerrone went into a meeting with NBC executives and asked beforehand that everybody start on social media, start doing Save Constantine hashtag, yeah. so that he could pull out his phone and show how it was tracking. You got five people? or No, he got enough. He did? Uh, it, oh, cool. They have not confirmed. They just said, uh, executive took him aside and said, the and said that was impressive. Well, see, you might like some of the ideas they're, they're going to do. I don't like the idea that they pitched that they're going to go back to John's childhood. Oh. But uh, they want to bring in more supernatural characters, and one very specifically mentioned, who I think would fit in this show very well, is the Phantom Stranger. Yes. In what this series does, I think... As long as they drop the whole... Oh, God. No, 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 no. Please. I know what you're thinking. Trinity of Sin crap? Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. No. no. I refuse. No. They, they, they've got to absolutely drop the whole because, wandering Jew. Because, because if they bring any of that in, yeah. my first hashtag is kill Constantine. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm a fan of that show. Yeah. Um, again, it's one of those that if you're seeing it, because it's all on Hulu Plus and on NBC's whatever... You know, you can you can watch the whole the whole thirteen episodes. Yeah, it took a while to get on its feet, but the last three or four episodes really, really started being what I thought Constantine. No, I, I would love would to be. see that. I think I think that costume and the character is perfect for TV. I, I I think that you know the shadowy, and he can't be the lead in a show, but as one who just crops up from time to time and yeah. irritates the crap out of Constantine, almost making Constantine Man, oh to Terry 13. I would classically Terry 13, not the revamp that they right. did again. I'm the sorry. Buddy. I'm bitter at New 52 uh, when I think about that. Uh, and then, you know, then let's go with Flash. Good Lord. Speaking of perfect Best adaptations. superhero on TV. Yeah, I got to say, still better than I, I like Daredevil, but Flash just... It's, it feeds my soul. Yeah. Um, Daredevil it, is Daredevil is amazing. I'm looking forward to what it develops into. It's obviously a story in development. Mm-hmm. Flash is right there right now. They built their own. The the ensemble is perfect. The city is perfect. The rogues. The 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 the, the what they've been doing with with uh, the crisis of the week. And bringing back the guy who could mimic anybody else in this last episode, which I also realized is it also sets up the possibility that you that you've got because we're establishing honor sort of among the rogues, among the rogues. But yeah. there's two sets. There are those that have been imprisoned because they are too dangerous to let yes. go, and Harrison Wells is clearly talking to them and letting them know what his what his end, end game is. Right, but. Um, so you could conceivably see rogues versus villains. Yeah. And I would be fascinated would be cool. to see the way that they've had Captain Cold portrayed is like I could see that actor being very portraying a cold being very frustrated fighting for the forces of good, but it's the right but it's the only thing he can do. How much longer do you think they're gonna call on Harrison Wells? At least at the end of the season. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they're going to drop it. Yeah. I mean, but I think but the way that character has been written and established and oh my gosh, so complex, really because even as he's, you know, it was to talk a couple weeks ago as he's threatening death to Cisco, he's like, "You're like my son." Yeah. But you've been, de- you know, he is the, the actor um, um Ed, that's not his name. Tom Cavanaugh. Uh, Tom Ka- Tom Cavanaugh. Just I mean, it's it's 
it's one of those faces you look at and he's smiling and you can see the intensity and the the mm-hmm. shifts between loving and hating and yeah. and his own driven necessity uh what a gr- i mean he he and he doesn't really chew up the scenery no he's actually one of the subtlest actors yeah. on the show um and and yeah the most I, and i thought you know i watched this week too this thing with Jesse L Martin where Something I've always loved about Jesse L. Martin is that ability to to go from deep sorrow to just that like crazy joy that you get of relief. You know, he's always been good at that. Of like, there's an actor who can portray truly someone someone being truly happy. Yeah, you know, and and, and he can turn it on a dime. I mean, sure, editing has something to do with it, but he but he but he's a stage actor, so he's been able to passionate, as the Elizabethans would have called it. Uh, that's my pretentious moment of the week. Uh, that he he flips. I loved that Cisco ended up when they put him in the sleep visor. That it was you noticed it was vibes. Is it was uh, I, it was vibes. I, I did see it. Vibes I, visor. I, I have to admit I didn't follow vibe that much. Well, I read the Justice League Detroit, but, yeah, and I, I was like, yeah. uh, you know, so it, it, it's not quite. It's close enough that it's just like it's a, there's a hint that maybe. And since everything in, that has threatened him has been involving the vibration powers of yeah, the Flash, you think that's probably tie into the origin that I think he's going. Something's gonna. He's already proven himself an expert because he gave last week. He gave. Laurel, the new Canary the, Cry. The Canary Cry. So he's worked on Sonics. He's adapted them from Pied Piper, uh, and then he's fighting the vibrations of the Reverse Flash. I think they are setting him up to. They can just in a season. Yeah. Go next week. We get Grodd, and again to think that we've lived long enough that a live action Gorilla Grodd was on going prime to be a, time and television. a credible threat, and the kids today would accept this as reality. Uh, it, is he going to talk? Because they didn't have him talk. He talked in an episode already. Did he talk? He's telepathic. So the way around it, he threatened he threatened General Eiling before he carried him off into the darkness. Oh, yeah. So he's yeah. telepathic, which I think is a fine solution for it because if you're going to say he's genetically modified, which I think they're implying, yeah. a modified actual gorilla, we know their vocal cords really aren't solid enough to do to do a voice. It works in Planet of the Apes. That was really not scientifically accurate. I hope you don't think it is. Uh, no, I, I, which does I'm remind me. They, did, I, did I tell you that thing about uh, you know? It reminds me of uh, how Swamp Thing's vocal cords have always been described as being like really mossy. And, and, and Len Wein, they asked him uh, at at WonderCon because he says he always hears the voice of somebody. Like when he wrote Batman, Who Did You? He goes, yeah. Well, at that point, it was just Adam West. So yeah, I heard Adam West, but more serious. And somebody said, well, what does Swamp Thing sound like? He goes, uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, so, <laughs> wow. And I thought, first I just laughed, and then I went, well, with every description they've given of Swamp Thing, that might not be that far off. That's actually plausible. I think he was just being a smartass, but I went, hmm, that's interesting. And, I think Tom waits more. And the Gilbert podcast, like I, I, I put that out, tweeted that out with a picture of, uh, I Instagrammed it out with a picture of Len Wein, and uh, and the Gilbert podcast uh, picked it up, picked it, you know, liked it, you re- know, so. uh, tweeted, awesome. So yeah, I, you can't, you don't retweet an Instagram. No, you just like them. Yeah, you just like it, and so. It's, but can't the Instagram show up on your Twitter feed too? There is. I haven't. I haven't reversed that out. Okay. I, I haven't shadowed. The the last thing I want to talk about tonight, real quick, is um, Marvel announced that they're going to be doing a Telltale game, which is like the The Walking Dead and mm-hmm. Fables. So they haven't said what it is, 
but um, they're working with Telltale on a game, and those are the episodic kind of role playing choice story games, adventure games, adventure adventure games. I just yeah. got uh, there was a great sale. Sam and Max uh, was like a dollar an episode, so picked it up for like five bucks a couple weeks ago on PlayStation. So uh, we don't know the details. It's just about maybe a year and a half, two years away, according to Marvel. So we can look forward to a Telltale game. I don't know which character. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that agent of hydra thing maybe it's howard the human i don't know we'll be back next week give or take a day or two so if you have any questions comments compliments criticism commentary write into editor at fanboyplanet.com you can as we mentioned up top find us on itunes the stitcher app or at www.fanboyplanet.com where you will also find amazon links to some of the things we've talked about if you'd like to purchase and you cannot find them at your local brick and mortar store support your small business first but we're a small business too and if you can't find it locally Go ahead and use Amazon, and we get a little kickback, quite honestly. There's also a PayPal link. If you'd like to just support us directly, we're okay with that, too. I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Dave Gazda. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your use powers, your powers only, only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you! Okay, I think we got this down. <laughs> <laughs> Fanboy. This has been a test of the emergency broadcast system. <laughs> in case of an emergency. Is the world coming to an end? Did you watch that John Oliver where they found that, that what CNN has a like an end of the world tape, which is really just like a marching band outside the White House playing Near My God to the <laughs> Ted prepared that. So then John Oliver said, fuck that. That's not the, what our end of the world thing should be. So we've highway had, to hell. No, they brought Martin Sheen out. They did this whole highlight reel of human civilization. We've had a good run, uh, and then it ends with a guy the most of uh, a, a YouTube ends with the Apple Watch, a YouTube video of a guy doing a backflip with a basketball from like a three point area <laughs> on his, in his backyard, and actually making the shot over the back of his head after a backflip. Right, and he goes, and Martin Sheen goes. Well done, humanity. <laughs> we leave you with this awesome shot. <laughs> it was like, I mean, you know, yeah, it was just kind of like, like it's sad that it exists. Like, is anybody going to be watching TV if we know the the government's not going to tell us? Oh no, if the world. All right. I love that you're having conversations with Key. I Did you guys? Yeah, that was awesome. Did you guys see the uh, 
NFL helmets got the Marvel treatment. I guess it was today. I did. I did not see that. I saw one or two, but it's NFL, so I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> so what's what the does Marvel this mean? What's that? What's the Marvel treatment? So they took the regular NFL helmets and put Marvel characters to them. So, like for example, Philadelphia Eagles became the Philadelphia Fin Fang Fooms. Okay. And it's got like a, a, a stylized Fin Fang Foom. And it's on the uh, it's on the helmet. On the helmet. Uh, Baltimore Hawkeyes, New York Quinjets, Agents of Oakland, and instead of the uh, eye patched Raider, it's got Nick Fury and it says Agents over his head. Oh, they're uh, they're bringing back and they're doing an omnibus of all the uh, original Agents of Shield. And Nick Fury, Agent yes. of Shield. Yes. But didn't you have one? I have it in multiple volumes from Marvel Masterpieces. And I don't well, think... Well, because you gave me two pa- I trades gave you, I gave you gotten something earlier new. trades that, that... And I went and bought the, the hardback oh, ones. Oh, okay, okay. And, but I think this new omnibus ends with the Avengers crossover that ends the Scorp- Who is Scorpio plotline. And I, I have to go back and look. I don't know that that's in the omnibus edition. In the uh, pardon me, in the mm. masterpiece edition. Okay. So, won't be the it won't be the fifth time I've bought that <laughs> run of comics. Uh, oh, Marvel! These are actually uh, the helmets. So, where are these helmets? Where are they? Good. Where were they? I'll send. I'll send you the link. I don't okay. know where. Like, are they going to play games wearing them? That'd be cool. No, they made Star Wars ones too. It's a NFL and CBS posted it. I'll email so really it to both so you guys right yeah, now. It's just so people will uh, buy helmets. I don't think they're even yeah. real. They're just pictures. You know what I realized this, uh, like maybe it was just last night when I was watching Flash, um, that I still hate the DC Peel logo. The <laughs> It was the picture of the Flash inside the DC Peel yeah, I still I still think that's the dumbest logo, and and they've just stuck with it. Well, I read there was one problem. Let me uh... sent. Thanks. All right, guys, I gotta go to bed. I gotta right. get up at Good night, four Nate. o'clock. Good night. <laughs> Have a wonderful evening, gents. You too. Bye for now. Bye.